welcome to the second of these surprisingly weekly MadAxman.com lockdown podcasts. This week we've used some new tech, so the audio should be better, which those of you who endured the first one I'm absolutely sure will be delighted about. So sit back, or more likely carry on picking up that painting and basing brush, and enjoy this week's chuntering about toy soldiers. Welcome again to the second lockdown Mad Axman podcast. Um, I'm here with Australian Simon. G'day. I'm here with Dave Saunders, Dave Saunders. Yeah, and I'm here with a slightly better audio this time from Andy Finkel. Cool, 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 cool. Good evening, evening, evening. Good evening, evening, evening. And um, we think Peter's probably got lost on his commute. Um, possibly got stuck in heavy traffic on the, the landing. Um, there might have been a, an incident with a badger on the line just by the outside of the bathroom door or something like that. But he may well join us later or he may not. Um, it might we'll be queuing for toilet roll. He might be queuing for toilet roll. Well, you know, we were talking last time how he was um, living in zombie territory. Mm. So, so possibly the disappointing part about this whole pandemic being the lack of zombies, um, possibly that has started in, in London Docklands where it did on 28 days later. 28 weeks later. Yeah, weeks later. Well, at least they're handy well. for the Excel. No, that's true, actually, yes. Not not necessarily a good thing, but that's it. So um, this is going to be an audio podcast, but this time, through the wonders of technology, we can actually now see each other properly. So, Mr Saunders, you're actually literally at the painting desk as we I speak. Am. I am sitting here at my painting desk, look. look. Yeah, he's got a pint as well, so oh, I'm wow. so, painting so that's, with a pint. That whole look thing doesn't really work particularly well on an audio podcast. I don't know if you've ever known the format before. Uh, but, but what was that? Was that a wagon or something? Scythian uh, wagon, yes. With, go on, that, put it up the camera, but show us better. Yeah, a minute. Let me get closer. Stand up. Stand yeah. up. You are standing up, aren't you, Dave? Um, so, uh, <laughs> is that, so is that baggage then, or is that a thing in the uh, army list? It's baggage. Hmm. Unfortunately, you're not allowed more wagons in their army list, but it'd be quite good if you could, because I've got three of them. Well, three Scythian ones? Yeah, they, that's what you get in the box, in the bag. So I presume then if they ever bring out their War and Empire rule set, yeah. Scythians would actually have war wagons. In, it looks in, like, doesn't it? But, but you're just cramming one onto a 40 by 80. For yeah, that's all that would fit on, actually. Your baggage. Yeah, yeah, otherwise it'd look like the settlers racing, um, look like the settlers racing towards um, the, the Golden West. Going prospecting for gold in, in the Americana. If you can make them into, you could put them in a triangle. That'd be a fortified camp, wouldn't it? I think it'd be a bit. Use them as sort of like some sort of on-field um, fortifications, but we don't have those in ADLG. They'd no. be quite a big marker as well, yeah. wouldn't they? I guess eighty by forty base with that one. That's it. Good. All right. So, has anybody um, actually managed to do other new Dave, who are literally doing this right now? Anybody managed to do any painting this week? I've managed to paint something. That's better than just basing one unit last time. No, um, so with the week, since I couldn't go anywhere this weekend because some isolation thing, mm. 
um, I've painted up um, 40 ancient British um, swordsmen. 40? Yeah, I got it. What scale? Uh, they're all 15 mil. So there's a, it's, it's an old Essex army that I bought when I was back in Australia. And I brought, uh, brought it back to England last year. So they've all been stripped back to the metal. Mm. And so I've based, uh, painted up, <laughs> up to the point of um, army painted dip onto them. So I've got about Is 40 that actually, so... something I, I just saw on Twitter earlier on today. So yeah. if you if you were stripping them back, apparently for some reason which I can't work out, Dettol is completely out. It's just sold out in all the supermarkets in the oh, UK wow. for people actually using it for cleaning surfaces oh. from from bacteria. That's that's a wrong use of Dettol. I thought yeah. it was just a wargaming stripping tool. Well, I, I, I thought so as well until um, until I actually used it and then found out that I basically had an entire room. In fact, that may have um, helped isolate against mm. um, CV-19, just this <laughs> all-pervasive stench of dental that still, several months later, is um, is infesting this room. Well, I actually found... Probably, keep, um, probably keeps your missus at bay, though. Yeah, I think it keeps everybody at bay. Yeah, it keeps, definitely keeps a lot of things at bay. I actually found, because uh, I used Dettol for one uh, stripping job and it was such a failure. I went and looked around and I found this product called Bio Strip. And you buy in like a um, small ice cream tub, like a tub of margarine size jar. And you can just basically um, paint it onto your miniatures. Mm. And it strips, it's non-toxic. It doesn't smell in the house. And since I live in a one and a half bedroom flat, I can't afford to stink the house out. Um, yeah, that worked really well. It it stripped the all the paint and all the lacquer off um, down to you can actually get see the original um, a lot of the detail back in the models again. So like was, on was the carrot, was that a hobby product or was that something that was just repurposed? Um, I think it's one of these generic, uh, or you can um, use strippers and all that. Um, what, what was it called again? Biostrip. Please hold while I just bring it up. Biostrip. So it's called um, Biostrip 20, not to be confused <laughs> with Biostrip 30. It's called an all-purpose all stripper, right. uh, which makes for some great email jokes. Yeah, you're not, um, you're not Googling that unless you're very careful, are you? Yeah. Um, but what I found with it, it's um, you can get it onto your fingers and it doesn't burn your fingers off, which is quite good. Um, you can just chuck it into like an old, um, I've got a, a bunch of old takeaway and uh, like curry um, mm. plastic containers. Chuck your models in that, slather them in this stuff here, leave them for four days, and then with a, uh, an old scrubbing brush, like a um, um, yeah. nail brush, you just give a bit of a scrub and a bit of water, and all the paint pulls off. So, yeah, um, and that works really well because I, I found the Dettol thing a painful experience. It, it did just about work, but not, yeah. there was a lot of scraping needed to be done. I was really impressed with it. So I'd also used this on, um, I'd bought when I first came back, when I first moved over from Australia, I'd bought a um, Merlington um, medieval army, which Tim, I think you may remember because it's the yep. first army you and I met each other. when that you spent Yeah, in, in Rome. Yeah. Uh, yep. So I um, stripped that back completely. And you know how much detail uh, yeah. is on the Merlington figures. Yeah. You could actually see all of the puffs and the grooves on the, um, the, shoulder pads and all that so okay. you got down to that detail back again so i thought wow, oh that's really good and um didn't bit my, my hands off so that's a so, so i've now got the 40 or so heavy foot painted i've got um six general um chieftain figures and i've got the first six 
of the chariots painted up. That's Without looking at the list, I think I once played against an ancient British army, and I thought they'd largely medium foot rather than heavy. You can well because I, uh, this army is from an old DBM army, so I've got um, quite a few bases for that. What my thought is is to have a series of heavy foot and medium foot options because I've got enough figures, might as well use yep. them. And mm. um, then I can also have a few marks of elites and they, they can Gauls, Ga Galatians, um, Galatians British, yeah. random stuff in for a Roman army or generic warband figure because you know, go with a big sword, it's like a warband. I think the Galatians is, is well, um, Hubei used to think that the, the early Germans was the best one of that. And, mm. um, but I, I had some good success with the Yeah, Galatians, I remember seeing that one. That one. But, and then I actually I did a competition with the Brits where I used all the chariot option, mm. I think, with, with 16 chariots, which, <laughs> which bizarrely actually worked in, in a really tight period when, when yeah. no one else had any, any decent mounted. Um, mm. But... Okay, so you're so you've got the medium foot already and the light yep. foot, I guess. So is, yep. is that is that army now? Basically, you've done that in a week, and you're not going to be able to play with it for three, four months. Yeah, so um, I've got yeah. um, the medium cavalry option coming on uh, the cavalry option because um, the purpose of the army originally was for campaign for the um, oh, the yeah, Gaul and Roman thing. period. Yeah, yeah. So there's two other Simons in the club, so we were going to go as Simon says. And so I'd gone for the Roman army uh, option because it gave me an excuse to paint, repaint the army. Mm. No, I, I think I was in that um, theme as well, but I was still toying with whether, and I think I was going to go with the Germans actually to try okay. the slightly different version of, of the Galatian army and, cool. and field that. But obviously I think campaign's now been kicked back to, to October. Um, by I, all I yep. think so. Yeah. I Please think um, I think they're at the beginning of um, the half, what should be the half term week. That is, of course, assuming that the school terms don't all get get messed, messed so, up. Yeah. Currently, as of today, and we use that proviso as of today's news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, campaign twenty twenty is now scheduled for the seventeenth and eighteenth of October. And then and roll call is now the weekend after that, at the end of um, end of October. Well, I have to check the diary. I might even be able to go. It's, it's possible. Well, I th you know, I think the theory is just getting as many events into the calendar as possible because some yeah. of them may still fall by the wayside, really. And, um, yeah. so my my parents' event is dependent on it not being the anniversary of when my parents or parents-in-law passed away. And they, these people had no, just no regard for the wargaming calendar when they turned up their toes. <laughs> right. <laughs> did, um, I was, was going to say, well, I, I don't want to pry, but did they both pass away at the same weekend or...? No, no, my, my, my um, father-in-law um, took campaign weekend and right. my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, um, managed to stop me going to warfare one year. Mother-in-law, I don't mind so much. She was really sweet. My father-in-law right. could start a fight in an empty room. <laughs> so missing, missing a wargaming competition for someone like that is a, a bit of a downside then. Yeah, he's been dead over 30 years, but we still have to observe right. the formalities. Right. And you can't do those whilst rolling dice. That would just be a step too far. Um, well, I'd, I'd rather survive the weekend with both knackers intact. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose that works. That's good. Okay. This means war. This means war. So Dave, have you? Um, you cause I've, I remember many car trips coming back from various places with you and. 
and you've talked about either eBaying or dipping and redoing some of the old early armies from when you actually started getting into this at, at an advanced age or, 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 or I've, very I've, sort of sober age. I've got exactly the same as Simon. I've got the uh, ancient British or goals, which I was just start. No, I, I did try dipping some things in that green stuff, was it? Mm. And it, it didn't really work much. What so, about that beer that you've got there? I can see that the top of a, a particularly yeah. Teutonic looking beer bottle. Oh, yeah, the Oh, nice. Heffen Weiss beer. Weiss and Heffens. What's it? Oldest, oldest brewery in the world. Oh, right, in Heffer Weiss beer. How far down your supply are you of um, of that one? Uh, there's four left in the fridge. There's still four left in the fridge. So, so a couple of days more painting, and um, and you'll be sending out for mail order. There are 52 people who've got a new um, offer out, haven't they? Yeah, no, I think I sent that. Did I, was it me who sent that to you? Or, no, I, I signed up with your invite, but I've. Um, oh, brilliant! I've just they, they sent me another email the other day saying they're having they're having an online beer festival. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> 12 bottles of beer and then you sit there and if you really want to, you go online with other people. No, I'm, I'm chugging through the, um, this, this month's box set. So this is um, something completely, one of these weird ones whenever you get mail order beer. Yeah, this is Glen, Field of... Glen Afric Field of Creams. It's a cream soda pale ale, but it's... Um, mm. it's Sounds like it might be Scottish. It's suitable for vegans. Um, which I don't know that's the thing. I think and, um, British, and it does taste of cream soda. It does. Have you have you had the same box set? I, I had one of those. Yes, yeah. I did have one of those. Yes, yeah. a simple pale ale base infused with the classic flavour of sweet vanilla ice cream. Which um, well, I think we're all bloody desperate at the moment, really, aren't we? So you've got to live with this stuff. It's um, I'm not sure I'd order a whole pint of it, but but it's there, and it it, it lubricates the throat while we're chatting stuff away mm. yeah, I, was, I, I was thinking if you've um, doused your troops in Dettol to clean the soap the uh, paint off at least they'll be hygienic <laughs> well I'm, well someone's going to get over they'll be clean and hygienic <laughs> well some of them are going on um, eBay at the moment I've got a, a some one three hundred scale stuff that um, me and my brother used to play these enormous you know more tanks than the British Army now has sort of games of um, I think it was Challenger 2. Yep, Challenger uh, 2000. Two, Challenger 2000, yes, that was it. What a staggeringly... And there were just little cardboard markers all over the yep. table. Every ATGW, you'd put a firing marker and a target marker, and then you'd roll for... I don't know how... You'd have to work out whether it was um, uh, f um, front armour, side armour, yep. rear armour, where you were hull down, um, turret down, yep. with your firing AFPSDS in... Uh, we're using IR and all that. <laughs> it was like atmospheric pressure was one of the tables oh. or something like that, almost. It was just it was, staggering. Yeah, really it, was, it was one of those games where I remember we first played it and we thought this was brilliant. Yeah. And then then um, Cold War Commander came out and we went, this is too too simple. What, and what, then about a minute later we went, what are we thinking? What were we Back doing in, for all those yeah, years? Yeah. You know, bring on that rule system. Yeah. Although although there's still people out there who like it. I, I put... Um, Occasionally when I'm browsing eBay, um, I've got a button to sort of copy some of the eBay stuff over onto Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I think a couple of nights ago, I someone was trying to sell, or still is, I think, some set of the shock of impact rules mm -hmm. um, on eBay for about a tenner. 
Um, and I was thinking that's quite expensive given the toilet, even given the toilet paper shortage at the moment, that's, <laughs> that's quite well priced. But because that was sort of, you know, somebody had looked at WRG fifth and thought, this isn't complicated enough. It's not got enough tables in it. Um, let's fix that. With <laughs> it plays too quickly. Let, let's fix that. But, Slow it down. Yeah, and now, I, I you, post, make it more, you make it more realistic by putting more factors into it. That 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 that's the that's the. Um, I think the more the more troop definitions, the more weapon classes, the more factors. They all they all make it much more realistic as, as a set of rules. But, absolutely yes. But I, I posted this on Twitter. You know, effectively saying, "My God, what were we all up to?" And um, I think. Like at least a couple of people, including some people I know and quite like. Um, um, cheers, Phil, if you're listening. Um, all went back and said, oh, I really enjoyed that set of rules. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, wow. It's, but then again, we're a broad church. Um, we're a broad church, us wargamers. So there's there's definitely people out there. Well, there's still people out there who play um, Challenger 2000, I think. And mm. there's a few of them. Well, did it move into being called Battle Group or Battle something b-i-g b-m-g-r no that's that's a completely independent set of rules i think oh right okay yeah so um i think challenger 2000 stayed by bruce Ree as one set of rules and then someone created a new set or evolved and then a complete offset of them so um okay yeah but no this i've got like you know 70 little afvs on um on ebay Mm. at the moment and um and it just forces me to go out for a daily walk to the post office when um, when the thing closes. No, not to the post office, to the post box. Yep. So I can post them without actually talking to anyone at all, which is going to be the secret. This means war. I was painting a few Normans. Here's a picture of them. Let's hold that's, them up there. That's very yep. good, Andy, but your video's not on. Yeah, so... Um, that's a minor that's detail. I didn't oh. know how my video... How do I get my video on? Um, you press the button called Start Video? Yeah, bottom left-hand corner. It'll say Start Video. No, it's it. Uh, yeah, right, I'll try that one then. Sorry, um, we actually thought you were just dialing in on a phone. We didn't realise you were just rubbish <laughs> well, at computer enough, stuff. Oh, there he is. Hey. Hello. My anyway, Lord. so these, these are Warren Empire. Um, Lift them up. Lift them up. Normans. Aha. Uh-huh. And um, they're, they're the ones which I, I screwed up the shields on, but I've now put the shield patterns on. Thanks for your... Nice. Right. So what <laughs> happened there then? What happened there? Well, I have this box with my uh, Kickstarter stuff that I bought from War and Empire for the Dark Ages. And rather than paint the whole bunch of Vikings, I thought, well, since I'm doing a Normans in Italy army... I just do these guys as the um, dismounts. And mm. I forgot I ordered a um, set of shield patterns for them. From what, LBMS? Was, no one was going through this morning. I thought, bugger, there they are. I'll, I'll better put them oh. on. But you painted got, the shields. They look better than they did before, let me tell you. So you painted and, the shields and then found yeah. the shield transfers. Painted Absolutely, all the shields yeah. out. Cut yeah. out well, 15 mil LBMS transfers. With they're actually the, 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 these ones are actually a lot easier than the Roman ones. For some reason, the Roman ones are just a bugger, but these are very easy. Okay, because I would have thought if you bought a, you know an army's worth of LBMS shield transfers, that's the kind of thing you can't really forget because you probably had to trade no, in your car or something. No, I already had most of the Normans, and these are just a, I just got a few filler bits for the Norman army. I bought oh, right. an entire um, uh, Viking army and, and main main bit of a Saxon army. 
and okay. I bought more shield transfers for them. So I knew I had them. Right. You just mislaid these ones. I just forgot I had them, yeah. yeah. Okay. When I was rummaging through the box, I found them. Right, and so they're ready to dismount. Okay. Yeah. What I've done is I've done three stands as spearmen and three of three as uh, swordsmen, so I can kind of mix and match them depending on what I want them to be. Yeah, see what they do. Okay, cool. So what are, have I actually done any painting this week? I think I've... Um, I've done some Magna Base after we talked about Magna Base and, and stuff. In fact, there's been a, a chat on the club forum about, mm. um, I think, Dave, you've, you're the one with the religious attachment to um, super tiny weenie magnets. Well, and, no, I just think it's a, I mean, having, because we, when we're going around Europe, we do a lot of traveling on the tube, we go on the yeah. planes. And if you have put as much effort into painting them, the magna base is good. I mean, I find I have to put bubble wrap all over the figures, including the magna base if we're flying and that. Mm. Um, but with the generals, with the earth magnets, you can even clip them to uh, you can clip them to your lights. You can clip oh, right. them upside down. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, that's completely stuck, isn't it? Upside down. Mm. So do you do you do the whole army with rare earth magnets, or just the generals? Yeah. I've just, so far, I've just done the generals, but then recently I've been thinking, with the painting I've been doing recently, I was thinking, if you made all that effort to get... So war bases will cut holes in the bottom of the base on request right. for a small charge. Yep. And I'm thinking if you get, say, a 40 by 30 and put two holes in the bottom of it, and an mm. earth magnet in either bit, that'll hold... Yeah, that works, up. because I, I, bought, I bought an army from... Um, I think it was Gary Holiday, and he'd he got magna bases. He'd got the war bases ones with little holes and two earth magnets, and and two of those hold a um, you know forty by thirty base of uh, figures quite well. Completely solidly, yeah, they're good. And so, but, but I guess what do you just buy like a thousand of them from China on eBay? Or, or no, 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 war bases do the magnets as well. So. Okay. God, wow. All right. So no, they, they, they will do the, I mean, the five millimeter magnets are much, oh, well, that's the ones I've got. Uh, to be honest, the difficulty you've got is separating them from each other. <laughs> yeah. I am not joking. Yeah. Yeah, and no. if you are sticking them into a little round base with the hole, mm. if you wave another magnet near it, the whole lot comes apart. Yes. That's yeah. You've got to be really careful about how you glue it together, haven't you? And their holes are really, really snug. I mean, they're all pairs of all bases. They're, Mm. Holes are very snug in the little base. Yep. So the magnet goes in, and you don't need to glue it in place. They're not going to fall out or anything. Right. Would you just put filler over the top of it, and that's what seals it? Or? Then I just glue the figure on top, and yeah, right. so far so good. You know. Okay. So, so the I've, glue been, I've been doing generals with that because you put a bit of effort into generals. But now yeah. I'm thinking. I mean, it, it, it's a whole nether product. I mean, it'd be the next, if I'm doing a whole army, I mean, it needs war bases to be back online. Yeah, true, true, true. Combination for obvious reasons. You're not going to buy a, a Dremel off eBay and then start re reverse engineering mm, the magnet. Well, I have got a Dremel here, but I'm yeah. not going to start trying to uh, laser cut my own. Actually, shall we, shall we have a, a who's got a Dremel? And I'll be uh, holding my, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got one. Andy, wait, Andy, you're missing out. You're you're the only Dremel free guy. And do you have just a Dremel, or do you have the proper Dremel and the the lever arm sort of? Oh, 
Dave, don't go I, all dentist on yeah. me. I have the, I have the lever arm as well. Yeah, I've got the lever arm <laughs> and as the, well. Uh, I've got, so I've got the, um, the um, corded one. Have you got that one? Yeah, I've got the corded one. Yeah. Yeah, because I find yeah, it really helpful. So you can get the right yeah, angle. Somewhere, somewhere kind of. So for the ignorant among us, what yeah. exactly is the Dremel? Well, it's like a drill, a little hand drill. And then if you yeah. get this kind of clever thing, you can pull this handle and it just goes straight down. So, so it's, it's very, a, so you, it means you can do um, spears and things that, and you're yeah. absolutely sure that they're going to go on the right. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's more of a precision hand drill rather yeah. than using the old Black & Decker um, um, yeah. ball drill, which yeah. can work, not very precise though. Not particularly well. And, um, I think, I think a hand drill for drilling spears would be actually quite useful. It might treat it as well. Yeah, yeah. hand drill just doesn't, doesn't get enough power to really go through some of the tougher yeah. metal. Yeah, well, something like the um, um, Donington figures, because they've got the closed hands. Yeah. If you try to do it with a hand drill, like a pin vise, you'll die of old age. Yeah. So um, a pair of pliers to hold the model and then just go, vut, vut, yeah. and you can um, get them done in a matter of seconds. And then the other and good... You do that without breaking the hand off. Yeah, if the drill's going high speed enough, yeah. And it's a good enough drill bit, definitely. Yeah. I and, think the... Um, yeah. So do you have... Go on. How, how, how thick is your drill bit? It must be about seven mil or something like that. Oh, you, you buy a whole set of them. Again, um, I've got some down to whatever, 0.75 or 0.55. Yeah, all these tiny ones on this. Yeah. yeah. These ones, you can buy 10 of them on yeah. eBay from China. They, yeah. they tend to break, shatter quite yeah. easily. You've really got to, well, you know, we're all sat here wearing glasses, but you've really yeah. got to wear protective goggles or something. Yeah, they what, do what, off. I found some really good drill bits recently. What they um, what they've done, which is quite nice, is you've got the actual drill bit, which is quite slender, so it's like mm. you know uh, one mil, two mil, or whatever. Yeah. But then what they did is they made the actual shaft that goes into the Dremel a lot thicker with a okay. protective bezel, so it means you can clamp it better, so you don't get it off kilt or whatever like that, and it just seemed to not break as quickly. They still broke. Okay. Yeah, well, I think anything with a with a thicker shaft for better grip is always good, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. Dave, you've got them. similar, similar like those Dave, ones. You've got them. You're waving that your thick, you're waving your thickly shafted drill bits at the, at the camera. That's good. <laughs> They're very good, but they, they there was a run on them for a while. Right. Yeah. So, is this another eBay thing then? It's, it's just yeah, they're on eBay. Is it is it safe to again go onto eBay and type thickly shafted? You know, some, no. Well, I'm not. I'm not sure. China must be very easy to get them from at the moment. No, true. No, well, postage just stopping for everywhere, isn't it? You know, yeah, I was going to um, order something from Spain from uh, Rafa. He's got a, um, a yeah. wargaming cloth with hex with um, um, yeah. 1UD maps on it, uh, squares on it. Yeah. The postage, and the, um, Royal Mail said, don't even think about it. It's just not happening anymore, is it? No. Yeah, they just said um, the only of these central items are being delivered by truck. Right. Everything else, it'll get when it gets there. It'll get when it gets there. God, yeah. That gets my other, idea of wargaming at home. Yeah. Well, Andy, the other final really good thing about a Dremel is, you know, when you, you buy like a whole army that you don't really need and you sort of self-justify about the cost of it and go, well, you know, if it's this and that, and then you sort of try and forget about it. With a Dremel, you look at it and go, I just spent two armies worth on um, something just to drill out people's hands for holding spears <laughs> how what is going on with that just surely there's a better way of doing this but um and then no, you can just not. it's like a real big thing that sits there it goes do not even try and remember how much i cost relative <laughs> to how often i'm using it it's, 
is a long-term investment. Trust me. It's got to be a long-term investment. <laughs> At my age, investment. I'm not sure that's a good idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can find on eBay and it's fairly cheap, I think. <laughs> well, I think, I think we all got them on eBay, but then, yeah, once you start getting into the piece of machinery, no, fact, I might have got mine with them. Um, I think I might commission someone to, to drill the figures for me. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually a much better option. Yeah. In fact, I've got a Dremel, and for a very reasonable price, <laughs> you can post them over to me, and I'll um, I'll have a go at that. But. This means war. Certainly, thank you. We were supposed to be talking about something vaguely sensible, um, rather than just chatting on this one. Weren't we? There was there was a topic about my my army for the one for the one day. There was yeah, there was armies for the central London one day, which will now not happen until possibly later. Um, and the theory of this, it's it's a one day Art de la Guerre competition, two hundred points, and um, Mike Bennett had come up with the plan of use an army with a strategist which are the kind of the great generals of history. Mm. Um, not every army is allowed one. Um, <laughs> only ones with somebody famous tend to, to get one. It just gives you a little bit extra command and control, um, but at a greater cost than your, your normal generals. And then I think the other caveat was you had to use all of the command points um, that that army had. So yeah. most of the strategists tend to come in armies with really high command values um so you end up buying if you go that way you'd end up buying an expensive leader and a set of really good number two and number three generals as well for most of those armies which would suddenly start to eat dramatically into your points um and, and make it a more interesting choice than just armies with a strategist so you know, because some of the, the armies with can't have heavy knights or foot knights and heavy knights or foot knights. So you're you're kind of getting into your Genghis Khan um, and his Mongols with really great command and control, but expensive small armies to start with that you make even smaller by having um, high value command. So, Andy, you've, this was your kind of topic idea. So you've clearly given this some thought. Um, so which which one were you looking at using? I was going to go for Normans in Italy. I can't remember the army number. It's about 180 or thereabouts. It's got a command rating of three. Okay, which is pretty uh, low. So, you know, normal high rating is five or six, isn't it? Yeah, um, four would have been the four would have been perfect, but but three I can live with. And the nice thing about it is you can have eight elite knights, and because you've got to have a strategist, even though they're impetuous, you can keep them under control. Okay. And you can also have other knights as well. So my army was basically a shitload of knights. Hmm. Um, and some other bits to fill in, but I still managed to get, I think, twenty-one units in my army. So, so basically, your your solution to the the um, the concept of a of a competition that is pushing you towards armies with real high quality command and control was just a wall of impetuous knights that just charge forwards in a big line. Um, kind of, kind but of, there was yeah. one, <laughs> well, there was there is one sub command with with yeah. an integral general. Mm. Um, which is small enough to hide in an ambush marker or keep as an arrow manoeuvrable command uh, off, uh, as a flank march. If you put them as a flank march with only three units, if it doesn't turn up, the army's not going to fall over that quickly. Um, right. But they can be useful. And um, 
So that that, was, would this have been like an army composition that that you'd use in in the real world? Because I think Dave, this is an army you've used, isn't it? Normans in Sicily. You've used it as well. Have I? Oh, I used it years ago when we first started, didn't I? You you used. We had a game that yeah we played each other when you that, used it. That was oh, one of the first competitions, wasn't it? Yeah. But in this, I like it because I like the Almogavars. Uh, but you don't get the Almogavars in the Normans in Sicily because it's a sub army with a certain general. Who's okay, in... so the strategist is Frederick II. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twelve fifteen Alm... to twelve fifty is the years, I think, or something like that. Which is not a bad old time. Thirty-five years for for a general in those days. Maybe he got to be a yeah. strategist because he got he was so old. Unless he started really young. I think he was a pretty good guy, actually. He was, uh, he had, he, he wandered around with concubines and uh, had, took leopards with him when he went to meetings with the Holy Roman Empire. <laughs> what, multiple leopards or? or... So because he, he, grew, he was born and grew up in Sicily with his mother. His father was the Holy Roman Emperor in Germany. Right. And the, the German knights weren't very impressed when he showed up in a very effete manner <laughs> with concubines and leopards. So he's so, he was a bit um, Mercury oriental. Mercury in the 13th century. Yeah, that's kind of racist. I got the wrong Fred here. I'm trying to remember my ancient, history, ancient medieval history wrong. Um, I'm not sure. His son, the Emperor Frederick, fought against the Pope. Um, no, no, I think it is no, him. It was the previous I can't one. I'd imagine the Pope would have, would have approved of him. Well, Leopards. I think he declared the Antichrist, um, Fred, was at one point. Oh, right. Well. Yeah, the, yeah the, I think the Pope probably didn't yeah, approve of him. Yeah, but these things happen with the Holy Roman Empire, aren't they, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think he's territory. Christendom is always kind of good. He's quite an enlightened guy, apparently. Obviously, obviously. Yeah. So, so you, Andy, you going back? Your theory was get one really good general who can keep a load of knights under control until you let them go. Well, the the, the command with the generals, with, with, with the strategists, has got uh, six elite impetuous knights and two um, impact knights. And the idea is the impact knights would be one on each flank to cover cover the other guys when they go forward mm. and it also has a, a, a small modest foot command to go through terrain or, or or try and unpick a corner of somebody trying to park their butt on terrain okay um and then one small command with with, with an elite sorry with, with, an, with an included general in in an impetuous knight and um a, a sort of small foot command that kind of tries to keep out of trouble and shoot people yeah no because i think shooting might be quite Quite handy in this one with all these this sort of pushing you towards high quality mounted armies in some way yeah well so, yeah i mean again against high quality mounted armies i take my chance on the way in with the with the because my guys are elite and armored hmm. they got a reasonable chance of shit of fending off arrows from uh, shooting mounted and and shooting mounted aren't going to fight aren't, aren't going to want to fight them no not at all not at all they just get run down wouldn't they by medium knights yeah. and i reckon I mean, that medium knights are kind of um, because there's no heavy knights and no foot knights, and and that would probably take out most of the armies with longbows, apart from uh, medieval English. Um, you're probably fairly safe, yeah, uh, from being shot at by anything seriously dangerous. And then, if there's any, um, so I reckon elephant. they were kind of foot top of the um, food chain, and uh, and, if, and if there's any yeah. elephants around, you can always so dismount. dismount if you and you've just painted up the dismount, so that's a result. Yeah. Perfect stuff. So yeah, well, I'd other, I'd other, yeah, yeah. So, so Dave, if we ever get a chance to try it in competition, I'll probably get my hand handed to me. But you know, yeah. got the army. <laughs> That's good. It's painted. So Dave, what was your, what was yours going to be? Well, 
as as you were saying, so the strategist and having to have all the command points was a very clever touch, I thought. Mm. And that did sort of mean taking Byzantines, Mongols. I mean, if you take a Byzantine army, you've got to take five command points, which is basically two brilliant, well, strategists, brilliant general and a competent general. And, and, and if you want to take the 14-point guardsmen, mounted bow, heavy cavalry, elites, impact and bow, at 14 points, you're not going to get... So I did much like Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Went looking through the medievals and found feudal English with um, Richard the um, Lionheart himself. Uh, so it's 1195. It's kind of similar. You've got a strategist and two competent generals. The strategist is there to control medium, night, impetuous. You get 21 units in the army, which I thought was going to be really good in this competition. Is that, is that a lot of light foot to bulk it out? Or? Well, actually, the nice bit I found in there was I've got four longbowmen. Wow. That's kind of sneaky. In a competition where you're going to have a lot of expensive, good mounted, the longbowmen are going to shred your Mongols. They're going to, you know, if you've got a couple of longbowmen working alongside impetuous knights and medium knights, then you, 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 they're going to shred everything. Yeah, there's not a lot of, all mountains just got to run, hasn't it? It can't even stand in front and shoot. The longbowmen will shoot them down. No. Um, part of my rationale was if I charge in with enough of the guys, um, even though I might lose one or two to being shot at, the rest of them are going to arrive and then make life unpleasant for whatever's standing in front of them. Exactly. And anyway, so I've got eight, eight knights in this army. Yeah. You've got, to have, you've got to have some spearmen as well, haven't you? Yeah. Well, you've got two compulsory spear. I mean, so it's eight knights, four longbow, two spear. But what was really also nice about this list was you get two javelinmen in there. So the javelinmen, if you do come up against an elephant army like a Ghaznavid or something like that, then you, you're really going to be able to deal with that as well. Yeah. Swamp them. Do you think those knighty armies would fare well against um, you know, somebody who brings Alexander the Great or something with, with no, pipes, I think, I think pipes and be... elephants? I think that would be a difficult army to fight for, for, for me, um, Alexander the Great, because you wouldn't want to be fighting the pike. You want to find what else you can fight. Is that is that a world of dismount? Um, do you think, or would you just try and sweep so. it? No. No, I think Alexander's got a control of um, five. I think. So I think again, so. a strategist, you're going to have to have a brilliant general and a competent general. It's going to be very hard for an Alexander army. Having, I've used Alexander a lot. Lots of lots. You'd be very tough to get 19 out of that army, and you'd have quite a bit of dross in there, be with the elephants. So you're not going to overwhelm his companions. You've got some javelin, I mean, you've got a couple of spear to entertain the rest of it. It's, it's, it I don't think it'd be a problem. I think it'd be even better going with Alexander and Macedonian because then the knights wouldn't have the chance to dismount. Yeah, possibly. Does that even have a strategist? Well, I suppose it does if it's Alexander. Yeah, it does. Pastone. It must it do, does, sure. doesn't have any elephants. Okay. We'll, we'll take an elephant free Alexander and tricky one. Yeah. So I, I think it depends though. Dave, I can see Dave's point though. If you dismount the knights, uh, they dismount as heavy spearmen, not mediums, don't they? The medium they can knights? Be, dismount them as heavy spear or heavy sword. But, but they've only got three cohesion hits. 
But once so they're heavies, they're a bit less manoeuvrable, though, aren't they, than, than the medium ones in, when you get cavalry dismounting. Yeah. And they lose, and they lose their um, impetuosity. Right, yeah. So they lose quite a, quite a big part of what they're, they're doing. Um, so Alexander so I, the Great's command is six. Oh, you've used half your army on just command points, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's enormous. That's going to be a strategist and two brilliant generals. Yeah, that's nuts, isn't it? <laughs> Um, just bonkers. Great for rallying your troops. Yeah, yeah. Once they, but once they get wiped out, it's going to be tricky. And so the early Macedonian, well, you know, Alexand- Alexandrian Macedonians, command of five with that Philip or Alexander, and that's with the pike. I, yeah. It sort of needs the elephants to give you that extra edge against knights, though, doesn't it? Otherwise, you're just hoping they charge the pike. Yeah, but then I, I, I've developed some strategies for that. I think. We've all been looking for the right strategy to play against elephants for a long time. Mm. And I think now, I think finally after how many years we've played this, I think yeah. I'm starting to get to a point where I know how to do that. But you're not going to tell us. <laughs> well, I like to have a little micro command, which has got a couple of spearmen to pin things. And then it's got javelin and a medium foot to spin around the edges. And that, that causes enough of a problem to allow you just swamp the other sides of it. So, so you just screen them off with a micro command, really, and then yes. mug the rest of it. So with my feudal Spanish now, I have a little micro command, which is two spearmen, one a mugavar, and two bowmen. Okay. And an unreliable general, and that sort of sits one third of the way into the table, and people think, oh, I can, I can, I'll smash that to pieces. Mm. But it's a lot more difficult than you think. I mean, it's... It gives the other person a real problem. Do they come forward and try and activate your unreliable general? Uh, it's, it's just, it's a fun command and people think that's easy points or not. It's, it's, there's a lot of subtlety to it. Yeah. Okay. Without being too big headed. Yeah. <laughs> no, it seems to, it seems to work. So Simon, what, have you got a, a theory for this, this um, competition? My theory devolved to what recently had I painted up for a strategist um, rather than this whole scientific thing. So I was looking at shiny my, yeah, the, basically the central London theory of ooh shiny. So I was going to bring my samurai again, because I've just recently painted up um, a samurai uh, strategist from Bad Squidder Games. Oh, I fantastic. Idea, so I just like the idea of um, my samurai, you know, scythe, chariot, dragon, ninjas, and um, mass bow. <laughs> Which would still hold its own against um, most mounted armies, anyway. Yeah, because the um, the only difference for a samurai strategist is in the period to have the strategist. I can't have the two light horse. Oh dear. No, I I I, I think that's actually a better option for the samurai because you get more control over terrain. The strategist mm. gives you that extra terrain piece move. So I think that's actually better than having the light horse. Uh, yeah, and um, good you've only got to. You've only got a command of four anyway, so having yeah. a strategist is not going to really impact you. Um, so having a, a mass of medium swordsmen, uh, elite medium swordsmen with, with bow and being elite is going to ruin a lot of medieval uh, medium night, uh, night's day. And it looks really pretty. So, Yeah, I, when I, I tried a game with the Ottomans, um, but I don't think I used all the full command points, but, but certainly the four Janissaries, even though they were the crappy... Um, dregs of the um, old glory bag that Dave gave to me after he picked all the decent models out of it um, they still shot quite well 
Uh, yeah. They were, they were kind of reasonable. And um, you could sort of stand up even against foot. So, you know, you get two or three rounds of shooting and you are going to knock a hit point off most heavy foot coming towards you. And then suddenly you're better than them by the time yeah. you get into combat, which was quite spectacular. But I guess if it's samurai, it's samurai, it's samurai, isn't it? There's not, um, there's only so many ways you can skin that particular Japanese cat. Basically, yeah. Just a samurai army, yeah. Well, I, I, I toyed with Ottomans. Um, I might have gone for it. I've not really settled, but, but I was also thinking about Seljuk Turk because I've been working through the different Arab armies, but I've not really got to many of those later ones. And um, Seljuk Turks have a, a strategist called Alp Arsan, and I just thought that would be quite funny. Um, but it would allow me to use all my other, you know, Arab Ghulam figures, and and I've got a reasonable amount of practice with those sorts of armies. Um, you can sneak in. Um, Where's he? Well, he's ten sixty three to ten seventy two. So there's nothing particularly special about it, but it's just a big mass of impact cavalry um, and some heavy cavalry bow. So that just in theory allows you to to run it almost as a as a Mongol army with a bit more punch, um, a bit more kind of forward forward motion rather than just relying on shooting people you can actually charge into to some of them but but just use mobility and okay. then um i think i think it's a very expensive troop type for what it is yeah i think if you go too many of them you end up just with a line and then you start trying to evade and then some of them get caught and then it all goes horribly wrong or then you end up standing to fight and you're only getting one or two shots in and you're not really getting the value i think if you have two it's one of those things if they're in small numbers coordinated with something else they're good but but just on their own they don't make an army at all as i am um, so i demonstrated in the states with with sassanids um some reports which i'm currently writing up at the moment to do that but so but i guess we will all find out this um hopefully later in the year or possibly even not too much later in the year when this all gets gets resolved and and sorted out we're back to to rolling dice and and hopefully drinking beers down the pub Rather than um, drinking beers at home that have come by mail order. Questions? Yeah, so yes, this is a new feature from Andy Finkel Kinkle Finkel Finkel. Um, a bit like I'll from um, from that Reeves and Mortimer show. So, so we're going to end this um, this week's episode with Andy. With is it five, five questions, three questions, three questions, and then um, um, provided we all make it back next week, and um, or Andy makes it back next week, and someone else can press record, um, we will get the answer to these three questions next week. So, Andy, um, and actually, I'll probably have to leave a gap here because I'm going to have to find some special. Andy Finkel, 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 quiz, quest, quiz music for this particular thing. And um, let's assume that the music's happening. And then Andy, fire away with your three questions. Right. Um, the answer to these three questions is the name of a general, and each of these is somebody who President Lincoln is reputed to have made a quote about. So I'm going to read the three quotes, and they're all attributed to Lincoln, whether or not that's actually correct, but you need to identify the name of the general for the answer. So the first one is, 
This man fights. Find out what whiskey he drinks and send some to all my generals. Solid. Good. The second quote in, is in response to a report by this general from, quotes, headquarters in the saddle, quotes, Lincoln asked, why does this general have his headquarters where other generals have their hindquarters? <laughs> and the third one is a comment he said, this is not the army of the Potomac. This is General X's bodyguard. So who was General X? Okay, that's, that's right. I'm guessing they're probably American Civil War questions, and the answer is they've all yes. got beards. But um, Alexander the Great's not going to feature very highly. But but look, the, the challenge for anybody listening is, um, can you work this out without Google? And um, next week we will um, unveil the answers, and or next week or when we get around to doing this next time, we will unveil the answers. It should be about a week. And um, we will come up with another three questions for you next week. So. So, Dave, what, what else have I got to look forward to in this box set? And is there any that have really stood out in the, in the beer box set? Uh, there's so a there's, tiny rebel in there. There's a tiny rebel? Yeah, that's a good brewery. Okay. All right. I will I'll maybe dig that one out then after, um, after the end of this. But yeah. I think we're just about coming up to the hour then, so that's not bad. Thank you from Simon, I guess. Cheers, guys. Dave, you're still Good painting away. I'm here. And Andy. Good night. Good night. And, um, and we'll say thank you from Peter anyway. He he was here in spirit. And um, thank you for, for listening to a second Maybe. one of these. And the next question for the, the, the tiebreaker for this week is: Did Peter did Peter get his toilet paper? Exactly. Yeah. So he took, <laughs> he's made it back from the zombie apocalypse. And um, I'm not sure we want to really open next week with that question because. There's two possible answers, and one of them I don't want to know about. Um, so, well, look, we, on that note, um, on that bombshell, as they used to say, but much more appropriate for War Games, um, War yeah. Games podcast, I think, than, than programs about cars. We will love you and leave you, and um, stay safe out there, and see Happy you Happy painting. Week. Happy painting. Yep.